It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. This is your Estate Planning Essentials podcast and radio program. And once again, my name is Don Crawford, Jr., as always, the appreciative owner of KWM Radio and co-host of this program, loyally devoted to seeking protection for your family, your assets, and you. And I'm sitting with my co-host, my friend, and my attorney, who should be your attorney, our Dallas estate planning expert, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. How are you? Doing well, Don. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Happy November. I hope you're getting toasty and and warm and calling up to the fire and looking forward to the holiday. Yeah. You know how it always seems to change in November. A lot of times at the beginning of November, Mm -hmm. it's still, you know, still beautiful. At least here, it's usually some good days. And then then there's some cold days. And, you know, I think that we, I don't know when the first freeze on the average is, but probably close closer to Thanksgiving, uh, mm-hmm. somewhere in that time. So yeah, uh, after the hot, hot summer that we've had, Whoa. it's uh, kind of, I like fall and spring actually the best, but um, I look forward to, always look forward to this time of year because the weather's not too good or not too bad, rather. I couldn't agree more. Uh, being uh, Having been born in Pennsylvania, um, I love this kind of cold. Uh, it was quite a hot summer, to say the least, but I have a uh, German Schnauzer, 25-pound named Oreo, and I walk him every morning, and we love the cold. He loves the cold. He hates the heat. He has that mat on his body that makes him very hot in the heat, but in the cold, it could be five degrees, and he'll love it, but if it's 95 degrees, he's not happy at all. You remember those summer, those days last summer? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they were tough, but... Um, what's also tough is this topic today because it is the the issue of divorce and estate planning, and it's a it's a tough situation for people. And we feel very badly when they have to go through it. Producer Jacob, Michael Cohen, and neither I, none of us, are divorced. Thank God. But there are people who have to reconcile this and go through that. And Michael understands that, and he has ideas about divorce and estate planning and things you should know about before you go through this process. Well, you know, the reason why we had this topic was I had a client uh, just recently, and it was a second marriage, Okay, uh, and dad died. Dad died, and but he had named the spouse as the beneficiary of his IRA. Okay. And he never had changed it after the divorce. Changed it to the spouse? He ne- yeah. He okay. Well, he had the spouse as the beneficiary. Then after the divorce, he never changed it. <gasps> Whoops. Okay. So what is the law? And the laws vary from state to state. Mm-hmm. Texas has some automatic, uh, you know, where that person is no longer the beneficiary. No matter what. 
Right. Because usually they're estranged. Well, I mean, they figure that if it's the way they treat it is like as if you're dead. Right. And it goes on to the next person generally, generally. Have you ever seen any situations where someone wants to go to their ex-spouse? Oh, sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But it's rare? Well, it's less common, that's for sure. Sure. Now, and so if you do that, um, let's say you had gotten divorced uh, and insurance company or IRA uh, then uh, – and, and they knew about the divorce. Well, uh, you may want to – even after the divorce, you may want to revise your whatever type of account mm-hmm. to say you want somebody as the beneficiary. Okay. Because uh, that would work. Now, of course, you have to look at the d- divorce decree, too. Mm-hmm. So on their situation, I said, well, g- get a copy of the divorce decree. See what it said first. Uh, if the divorce decree says, all right, the going to be former spouse is going to be the beneficiary uh, of the IRA, well, mm-hmm. you're going to have to look at the decree. Okay. Uh, so, uh, or perhaps on life insurance. I know <laughs> I had somebody in my office, and uh, I was, you know, typically in estate planning, a lot of times you look at beneficiary designations. Mm-hmm. So I said, um, who is so and so? The name of. And he said, oh, that was two spouses ago. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you should have seen his eyes. His eyes, I don't know, I think his eyes went up to the ceiling. I bet. And, um, because that was the beneficiary? Right. He oh, said, no. what? <laughs> yeah. and he said, uh, now, he quickly got rid of that policy, yeah. by the way. Right. Uh, but um, That is the best example, Michael, you could give to really scare somebody into changing their plan. Yeah, so, I mean, but even if you hadn't, I mean, so there's, so there's some good and there's some bad, and you have to depend on the plan, too. Mm-hmm. So I just mentioned on an IRA that, that actually under Texas law, it would it's if you get divorced unless the divorce decree says different uh-huh. that uh, let's say you had traditional IRA then it says if they had predeceased and whoever your uh, whoever your heirs probably would have been mm-hmm. or the alternate beneficiary depending on uh, what the story is okay uh, but it's just different by the way under ERISA ERISA like the federal program so let's say you had a four hundred one k they aren't cut out goodness. So you better if you uh, if it's not mentioned in the divorce decree, well, you better be diligent. Uh, well, at least most people uh, would want to be diligent. Mm-hmm. Um, most people don't get along with the former spouse. Right. Uh, it often is the case. It's often very bitter. Um, and even you know even it reminds me of another thing. I had um, somebody on an IRA. He had named. After the divorce, he named his children. But one of his children, who was in his 20s, um, had cancer. Okay. And I said, um, well, if you die, and the client had cancer also. I said, let's say you die first, and this IRA goes to your son, and then he dies. And he hadn't... Uh, or maybe it was a life insurance policy. On IRA, you can name a beneficiary. Same thing on life insurance. But uh, let's say life insurance, because that's probably a better example. He, he receives the life insurance proceeds. Well, did the son have a will? If he didn't, where does it go? 
under laws of intestacy. And he didn't have children, by the way. So it goes to the parent, the ex-spouse. Oh, boy. So so you may want to have, uh, how do you plan for that? Well, either the son does something and has a will that something. Of course, that son could always change his mind. Or in the case for the client, we had these assets go into a trust, and the trust dictated what happens after the child died. Okay. So, uh, so you have to kind of look at the facts and make sure the client knows what are all the bad things. So, you know, a lot of people, most people look at the story as it is today. They don't think about the bad things. They don't think of what could occur. You remember, uh, let's say, uh, do you remember Aristotle Onassis and Jackie Onassis? They were going through a divorce. Mm -hmm. Well, he he died before the divorce was final. Mm -hmm. So that gets into another point. Mm -hmm. Even if you hadn't been divorced, should you be making plans to change your documents? Yeah. She, She... lived a very wealthy life after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, she wasn't wealthy to begin with, right. but she was really wealthy because he was a billionaire, right. uh, that Greek shipping uh, magnet, All right. um, if you may recall. Sure. So, uh, but, uh, so if you have a will, you often, they also, uh, we've just been talking about retirement accounts or life insurance, but let's say you have a will, all to my spouse. Typical will. You get divorced. They're actually cut out as a matter of law. Unbelievable. Wow. Uh, but let's say you want your spouse and you get divorced. Well, then you need to maybe do a new will and say, notwithstanding our divorce, I want her to get it. Which is amazing. And you've, you've made that clear to me and the listeners, producers, et cetera, that um, you have to say in the will specifically who gets what and also say who doesn't get what. Yes, so some, they don't think you forgot. Right, right. Well, that's at least our policy. Right. Uh, some people, oh, I don't want to say something. Now, let's say that we didn't forget, you right, know. Exactly. Uh, we say, uh, and then it gets into, like, on that, sometimes, you know, remember we did that uh, show on what do Jerry Jones, uh, Charlie Pride, and Charles Manson have in common. Okay. Uh, we, we talked about, you know, if they have a child from a different relationship, mm-hmm. uh, how much do you give uh, somebody mm-hmm. uh, to uh, persuade them not to contest a will? Even mm-hmm. if you have a no contest provision, doesn't mean that they might not contest. They may think they're not getting enough. There you go. Remember in uh, Charlie Pride's uh, scenario uh, that he uh, had – uh, was given ex the, the son from a different relationship, mm-hmm. said, oh, you're only giving me 50000 <laughs> you got a $40 million estate. Mm-hmm. I'm going to contest. Oops. So is it enough? So sometimes you, even though you might, in effect, disinherit, you may give a certain amount so to reduce the risk of a will contest. Right. Typically, people contest uh, wills on either lack of capacity mm-hmm. or undue influence. Got it. Uh, would it be like a second wife? Uh, well, could be. Okay. It could be. I mean, it depends on what that second wife says or, or does. Spouse, spouse. I'll right. give you an example um, uh, that I saw this last week um, where the husband lacked capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were children from prior marriages of the both the husband and wife. Uh, his children wanted him to revise the trust so they could get more. 
two um, uh, two of the uh, there was two letters from doctors saying there was a lack of capacity. So you shouldn't sign something if you don't know what you're signing. Okay. So, but the children met with him anyway, and they said, "Dad, you're okay. You ought to have it where that gets we get this." And sign it right now. Oh, boy. Well, and if you don't, I'm not going to let you see the grandkids. Ah, leverage. Got it. Or undue influence. Okay. Uh, So I I want you to sign this uh, or else. Wow. And um, And they know that's the Achilles heel of many grandparents. Those grandchildren. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, So... Um, so I'm not a probate litigator. I'm just a nerdy planner. Mm-hmm. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is that you have to consider if if you let's say you had that child in the same room when you signed, just mm-hmm. by that alone could be undue influence. Right. So if you think there's a potential will contest, really you should not be in the same room as whoever it is that you're going to be the beneficiary of. Which is very good. And you also have taught us that people will challenge the will, and then you give them a certain amount of money so that they don't challenge it. But if they do challenge it, some people in the will say, if you challenge this, you get nothing. Right. Well, we put a no contest provision in every will and trust we do. That's what it's called, okay. So but, but we might discuss if we thought that there was um, just is a if nothing else, it just kind of scares some people, even though it really they had nothing to lose. Right. right exactly. Yeah. So, but and you never know. It's really strange. We had uh, the only time I've ever had a will contested that mm-hmm. I've done. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, because there was four, it said all to spouse and then to the equally to the four children, and one of the four children thought that equally was not fair. Okay. They should get more because they spent more time with a parent or something or whatever parent. the reason in their mind that they thought they should get more. Okay, until they saw the no contest provision, oh, and somehow logic prevailed. But the idea is that um, uh, you never know when somebody is going to contest, so you always put that in there. Mm-hmm. Even if it was equal, it wasn't fair. Logic prevailed over that entitlement issue, and that really bothers me when people feel they're entitled when it's not up to you. You know, usually on contests, and I know that this is not the kind of topic, but basically um, when it's unequal, that's when there's more likelihood of contesting. Understood. But Very there's, helpful. It, it's sad. It's life, and that's the way people will be, and this is why you plan uh, especially with your estate. So, and when it comes to divorce, Michael, there are other issues, and I know you want to address those. Yeah, I mean, if you're the same thing on uh, executor or trustee uh, or other fiduciary, if you're the, even the agent under a power of attorney mm-hmm. under Texas law and many states, but not all states. Again, if you move to a different state, you have to look. Okay. But um, you're cut out as a matter of law. But how do people know? How do people know? Somebody's going to have to tell you. If you had, if you had a power of attorney uh, and you put it with the bank or a financial institution, how they know? You're going to have to let somebody's going to have to let them know. What if parent no longer has capacity? Right. Somebody's going to ha- – and maybe there was some part, sort of a annuity or IRA or something that somebody didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, you better find out about it. Yeah. And so this may mean that there should be communication with 
whoever your fiduciary may be. You know, you should always give a copy, uh, even if it's uh, electronic, uh, of anybody that you have as a fiduciary, whether it's an agent or a power of attorney, Mm -hmm. a trustee of a trust, Mm -hmm. executor of a will, Mm -hmm. or the like. You should say, hey, are you willing to serve? Mm -hmm. You might be an alternate, or you may be the the one serving, but first of all, you got to give their... You know, you got to make sure they're willing to do it. Right. And second of all, they probably ought to have a copy. So this should not be a uh, surprise Mm -hmm. to them. Uh, But, you know, but so if there was this divorce Mm -hmm. and the person who's, you know, uh, the one who had the assets had named you as a fiduciary, you should probably let the financial institutions or whomever know. Mm -hmm. But the better thing would be, even during the divorce, go ahead and change your documents. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, on a power of attorney, um, sometimes there's self-dealing. What if the if your power of attorney gave you the ability to wipe the other guy out, or wow. her, him, or her? Wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You gave them power. They're not divorced. I remember I told you a story a long time ago. I think we did a show. Of course, we've been doing this show uh, for probably a decade. Mm-hmm. But there, I remember there was one where the husband and wife came into my office, and they said the wife said to me, uh, what happens if we get a divorce? Mm-hmm. I said, well, your husband will no longer have the ability to be your agent under the power of attorney. She said, what happens if we're separated? And I said, uh-oh. Yeah. And I said, well, uh, well you're not divorced. News. You're yeah. not divorced. Right. So he still has the authority. Right. She said, can we? Can you excuse us for a minute? Right. I said, oh, boy. Mm-hmm. This kind of pit in my stomach. I said, oh, my goodness. Yeah. What's going on here? Right. Well, uh, what happened was that one time he had left her. And so we revised the power of attorney to say if – he has been living someplace else for X period of time. Mm-hmm. We actually put in the document parameters on separation when he can no longer serve as agent. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, so on any document, you could always change things the way you want. Mm-hmm. So uh, so uh, if you say if nobody's filed, if somebody's separated and not filed for doors, or if they have filed for doors, you could put something in your in that ca- in this case, the power of attorney that says, oh, sorry, uh, you can no longer act as an agent, even if you hadn't been divorced. Mm-hmm. So, again, sometimes we put down, like, on ages uh, on some people. Not This has nothing to do with divorce. If so-and-so is over X age, they can act as my agent. But until that time, mm-hmm. so-and-so else is my agent. Okay. I name Sarah uh, as my agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not, I'll have my friend so-and-so. Mm-hmm. But if, uh, if Bruce is at least uh, 25 years of age, then he could serve as agent. Fair enough. Something like that okay. as an example. That's good. Um, so, um, uh, so on any of these things, though, the the important thing is that you got to feel good about whoever that fiduciary is. Mm-hmm. And the good news is that Texas does, you know, cut out that person as a beneficiary. It could also be like on a bank account, mm-hmm. trustee of a trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of times you'll have it paid on death. Mm-hmm. So if you had a, a bank account that says, you know, mm-hmm. joint with rise survivorship or unless it's uh, unless there's something mentioned in the divorce decree. So you have to look at the divorce decree. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, again, on things that are federal, there are federal law 
it's a different rule than state law. Okay. So, again, that's why we mentioned the ERISA, which would be uh, federal uh, as opposed to state. I'm glad you brought this up. You brought up the concept once again, but you haven't in a while. That is communication. Communication between you and the fiduciary. Communication between you and the heirs, too. Shouldn't the heirs know what's going to happen? Shouldn't they be prepared? Are you telling me that Michael's children aren't prepared if he passes prematurely? Uh, or his wife is not prepared, of course they're prepared. And you should conduct yourself the exact same way so that everyone is not shocked and surprised because it's hard enough when someone passes away. But this really adds insult to death when it is complicated, disorganized, or you're just unaware of what the facts are. If you put your hands in the superb abilities of Michael Cohen, actually the superior abilities of Michael Cohen, you won't regret that because... He will admonish you to tell other people to communicate to the fiduciaries and heirs what's going to happen. To do so, I really insist that you attend his next workshop, which is Saturday, November the 18th at 10 o'clock in the morning. It's really simple. It's really easy. You just get in your car and drive with no traffic at 9 a.m. or wherever you are. And Michael, tell them where the workshop is and tell them what goes on, please. Well, the workshop is at the office conference center in our building, mm-hmm. which is just the just north of Medical City Hospital, okay. uh, which is at Forest near 75 Central Expressway, uh, about a little bit less than a mile south of LBJ 635. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a conference center. We ask people what they want to know. And for two hours, we answered not only those questions, we will have a short presentation, and you learn something, not only the questions that you're curious about, but you learn from others. Mm -hmm. The two hours kind of flies by. It's free. Uh, There's no obligation. If you do go to the workshop, we call it a workshop, by the way, instead of a seminar because of the interaction. So it's an interactive workshop. You don't have to participate, but you can just listen if, to others if you want. Uh, and just, uh, but you're you can. And so right. there are some people who want to participate more than others. Sure. And, and uh, we ask people, you know, what does he want to know? And they learn, mm-hmm. uh, and you'll learn from others. And if you do go to the free estate planning essentials workshop, uh, then we also offer a free vision meeting. Mm-hmm. So where we go one on one privately, where you say whatever is on your mind, we look at whatever your situation may be, and I'll tell you. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. If, I t- if everything's fine, I say everything's fine. I'll tell you. If, if there's something that you feel like you need to protect for whatever reason, um, whether it's a beneficiary from addiction or a beneficiary from us being a spendthrift or having credit issues or being disabled or having marital problems, and everybody's situation is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we say, all right, does this bother you? Here, uh, maybe there could be a tax issue. Mm-hmm. Maybe it could be a public benefits issue. And we never know. Mm-hmm. And so we say, all right, here, have you thought about this or that? And if if it's something that you want to handle uh, to take care of, then we could do that. And if not, okay, fine. You go on your way. It's three free hours, mm-hmm. no obligation. Uh, and you walk away with a KWM coffee mug. Get a coffee mug, too. Uh, Don't forget that. Yeah, That's why Christ- everybody attends, as you've been saying. Yeah, everybody comes out. You know, it's getting closer to Christmas. Yeah, that's right. As Thanksgiving comes upon us, people start thinking about Christmas. No. And most people think about that KWM people. Well, maybe that is not. misinformation. <laughs> those, those, those coffee mugs are for the people that attend the workshop. You can't give them away. 
You can't give them it's away. It's a collector's item. Or Hanukkah. You can't give them away. You know that. They're for you <laughs> for attending. But anyway, all kidding aside, attend his next workshop. It's Saturday, November the 18th. It's just before Thanksgiving. You will not regret it. And you'll have fresh and current information on what you may need to discuss with fellow siblings, with your parents, grandparents, et cetera, et cetera. Dial 214-720-0102, or go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com for Michael Cohen, C-O-H-E-N's Estate Planning Essentials Workshop. Um, Many of the listeners do not believe in divorce unless there's adultery going on uh, with their fellow spouse. Uh, Other listeners... Don't believe that. Regardless, Michael, final thoughts on getting divorced uh, and things that people need to understand regarding their estate plan. Yeah, and you know, we, I want to just mention one other thing about how if you do want um, that former spouse, because mm-hmm. we've been emphasizing that they got cut out right. except for on the RISA. Um, but we, we mentioned like um, that you could say something in the divorce decree that they're the beneficiary. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could, after the divorce, you could redesignate that former spouse as the uh, beneficiary of, or as a trustee, or as a uh, agent, or a power of attorney, or an executor of a will. Okay. Um, so you could do that. Uh, also, um, uh, you could afterwards. A lot of times, let's say you have kids. Often you have an underage trust for somebody until they're 25 or 30 or Good. whatever. Uh, so um, you could designate that. Former spouse is trustee of the trust if you wanted to. Now, a lot of times people don't want to do that. In fact, in fact, like uh, when we usually have um, an underage trust, let's say parents setting up for children and their child is divorced, uh, and then we say, well, do you want the ex-spouse to be in charge of the money if your child dies before you? Or would you rather have one of your other children be in charge of the money for your grandchildren? Mm-hmm. So this is a very common thing. But it is a question we have to ask. Sometimes yeah. they, people feel closer to their uh, the ex-daughter-in-law or son-in-law than they did to their own kid. Or it, or maybe somebody, in the, you know, on the other hand, most of the time they don't want the ex-spouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. at least it's something that has to be addressed. And so, and this could also be not only, you know, so there's so many different things. There's not only re- re- individual retirement accounts, there's different like life insurance policies, sometimes through work. Uh, a lot of times people have that and you have to consider those type of things as well. Yep. So you have to yeah. look at all those beneficiary designations, whether it's a bank account, uh, life insurance policy, annuity, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, any type of retirement accounts. Mm-hmm. Got to know what it is, what type of retirement accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a lot of things to consider. Michael uh, went to UT. Michael went to SMU. He's very educated. And they taught him at those schools way back when to ask questions. And that's what he will do generally at the workshop, but very specifically, he will rapid fire to ask you questions at the vision meeting about your individual circumstances and present to you things you had never thought about. I almost guarantee it. Um, and he's really good at it, and he cares about you and making sure you have peace of mind and an ideal plan that you want, not what he wants. Dial 214-720-0102. 214-720-0102 or go to Dallas Elder Lawyer, E-L-D-E-R, DallasElderLawyer.com for Michael Cohen's next workshop, which is Saturday, November the 18th at 10 a.m. Michael Cohen. I thank you, sir. Thank you, Don.
leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. The talk show host on 770 KAAM since 2013, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it's done your way and sign up for his next workshop today.